And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. You know, for those of you listening at home, I'm sure you've picked up that Aaron Cole and I are madly in love with each other. It's so hard to stay apart from you. Yeah. These two tables separating us. It's unbelievable. It's excruciating. The week in between episodes for us is excruciating. So I think we're really qualified to um, ask this question today. Aaron, what makes a good romance? Gosh, you know, I was thinking about this on the drive today with my wife in the car. (laughs) And I couldn't come to an answer. (laughs) But I think I was, I think I was in it. I think I was in the romance, but I couldn't define it. I'm but in it, but I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't words. explain it. <laughs> I heard something the other day. I'm going to try to say it again. I think it was like a song or a poem. It's like good conversation plus consistency mm. plus time. Mm. Uh, or was it consistency or chemistry? Good conversation plus chemistry plus time. I think mm. that might be it. You got a math equation for romance. Yeah. Well, it's not a bad one. Um, yeah, that, that, it's a good question. I mean, I got to be honest. I'm not the most romantic person in the world. Um, Same. I'm not the one to, to answer this. <laughs> so I get, it, it's a challenging question, uh, question for me. I mean, I'm certainly a big believer in love, but I guess in my mind, I kind of, to some degree, separate these things Mm. i mean i mean love is such a huge loaded term romance is much more specific right and much more idealized um but i've never been the most romantic person so i wonder if you and i will get some education on today's episode of star trek stories i think so i think if i tried (laughs) to be romantic i would end up just looking like jim carrey or something jim carrey huh or something that's where your mind goes not that level but like you know just like a comedic Romantic. Romantic. Yeah. <laughs> could not take that seriously at all. No. Um, well, yes. Welcome to Star Trek Stories, everyone. Um, this is episode 40, Cupid. Cupid. Um, I, of course, am your charming host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my enchanting co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. I'm feeling enchanting. Mm. Charming and enchanted. Hmm. Um, no, I'm creeped out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are in the middle of our look at the TNG glory years. Um, last time we watched The Wounded, um, where we finally got to see Chief O'Brien step into the limelight for the first time. And we also got to meet the Cardassians for the first time. So a little one-two punch there. Meet the Cardassians. I see what you M- meet the Cardassians. Huh? Yeah. Um, um, today's episode, this is going to be the first episode of a little romantic twofer um, that we're going to be doing. The next two episodes are kind of romantic in their theme. So this will be very challenging for Aaron and I. Um, but challenge and growth is good. Um, yeah, we'll be taking a look at how Star Trek handles romance. So, which so far has been (laughs) a bit of of questionable mixed bag, mixed bag. Emphasis on uh, that was a little rapey. (laughs) Well, that was a little rapey. That was a lot rapey. (laughs) Um, and to come and, um, talk about romance this week. Um, first off, we have our very good friend, Jake Barnes is back on the show with us. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Jake, Boom. how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, always love having you on. How are you? Tired, but Tired. good. My sleep the last couple of days has been shit. So I'm just like... Meh. I'm in that boat too. Yeah. But otherwise, but charged by your, your presence because I'm always happy to see you and, Aaron, and Aaron, of course. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Um, it's gotta be the eclipse or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, for those who don't know, um, Jake is one of our longtime friends and, um, former member of the boys house when we were all living together in the boys house. Uh, Jake, uh, has also been here, um, watching all the next generation Q episodes, uh, with us. Um, I think yeah, last time we were all together, we watched Deja Q. Yes. Which I think the 
consensus was that it was the best Q episode so far. And Thus then far, yes. that each one has gotten better than the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was the shit. Yeah, uh, we all really like that one. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that that journey continues with today's episode. I sure um, hope so. Do they all improve upon each other? Um, you know, last time when we were all together for Deja Q, one of the things we talked about um, was how the crew really felt really comfortable all together in that one in a way that we hadn't quite seen yet. There's like, wow, these, this episode, they just all gel and they, everything just feels so solid with them now. What about this cast and crew works so well? Because I think that's probably the biggest thing people love about this show is the cast of characters, at least one of them. Um, and now that we're really kind of like comfortable and solid with them, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What makes this crew work so well? Um, they're becoming comfortable with each other um, as individuals, the, the actors. Um, so I think as they spend more time with each other, just like, you know, us as friends, you know, uh, our first year of living together was definitely different than like the fifth year living together. Um, so uh, bonds are created uh, offset which I think carry over to the set, you know, um, people are starting to enjoy each other. They're spending a lot more time understanding who they are off camera. And I think that is definitely bleeding over to the on camera stuff because they're, they're feeling relaxed. The, the tension is gone. Mm. There's so much tension in those first two seasons. Everyone's so fucking stiff mm. and like afraid to fuck up and afraid that the show's going to get canceled and they're not going to have a job after this. And mm. now I feel like because it's a hit, they have job security because as an actor, I think you're always in the back of your mind, like, man, this could be it. You know, mm-hmm. I could be unemployed a month from now. Yeah. In the first couple seasons, it still feels like they're in the audition phase a little bit. Everyone's still kind of sizing each other up. And I don't know now, now that they know that their jobs are locked in, in a way, I think they can, they feel more creative and can be artistic not to worry about the red tape of it all. Mm-hmm. That would be something. I was never in any kind of show that had that long of a run mm-hmm. where, you, where I would have to worry about something like that, you know. But you do see, like, a little family get made mm-hmm. over the arc of the show, like, from beginning of rehearsal to strike, you know. Yeah, imagine doing 26 weeks of material year after year. I mean, that's got to take it to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. That's insane to think about. Well, I'll be looking forward to see how they do it in this episode um but before we get to that we have a surprise guest on the show with us Um, surprise guest not announced um also with us today to watch this episode um we have once again the very lovely mindy barnes is on the show what's up let's go Mindy, how the hell are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm quite tired, as I was telling you before, we just moved, which is always a big, big thing. But yeah. other than that, I'm great. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. For those new to the show, Mindy is also one of our dearest friends, um, also was an honorary member of the Boys House, um, and um, is married to Jake. And this is the first time they're both on with us today. You're damn right. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking happy. Um, Aww, I mean, usually, I mean, usually they're both here whenever one or the other is on, but um, now they're finally in the the giant captain's seat together. <laughs> the captain's love, lo- the captain's love seat. <laughs> um, yeah, last time Mindy was here, we watched Captain's Holiday. Um, <laughs> where our intrepid Jean-Luc Picard took a vacation to the pleasure planet Riza and had a little um, romp with everyone's favorite sexy rogue archaeologist yeah. Vosh. <laughs> that one was so fun. I loved that one. We're watching a Q episode today and we haven't had anyone else come in to chime in about Q um, in addition to Jake. So... um yeah, I'm kind of curious also to kind of get your thoughts on Q and, and specifically because we talked about on the show how um, you, you're definitely a spiritualist and you have a spiritual bent to you. What are your conceptions or thoughts on both like Q and also the idea of an omnipotent being out there in the universe? 
I love the character of Q. I think it's interesting because there is infinite possibilities of what could be out there in the universe. And I think it's very possible that there could be beings like Q. Do I think they would have Q's personality? I don't know. <laughs> but maybe his powers or his um, like way of life with the Q continuum or whatever. I think that's an interesting idea, and I, I like that. Mm. I think it's cool to conceptualize what could be out there and also to question that God figure, you know, in what we believe it, like humans, mm -hmm. the, the types of gods that we believe in, and to have it conceptualized in a different way is really creative, mm. and I love that. I kind of thought that that might be his way of kind of pointing out certain things about, you know, beliefs in how God, like what God is to mm. us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a way to be introspective about it and mm. to start asking questions. Oh, mm. uh, here's a question then for, well, I just opening up the question from earlier for both of you. Um, what do you guys think as a married couple or, or otherwise, what do you think makes a good romance? Well, I like what you said earlier about how you kind of differentiate between love and romance because love is something to me that's ever present. <clears throat> it's, it's always there no matter what, <clears throat> like, excuse me. Like for example, you could say get in a, a big fight with a family member or something. Uh, in that moment, you may feel strong feelings of negative emotions toward each other, but you love each other. That's always there. That's always in the background. It's a subconscious thing that's it, it's locked into the brain. Romance is a very specific moment within the love. Um, uh, to me, it's kind of like when you're with a person that's bringing out the best version of the good feelings. You know, like if I'm happy, I'm really fucking happy. If I'm laughing, I'm like laughing my ass off. Like all, all of the really good stuff are at a heightened level. And, uh, and that person is the only person that can like bring that out mm -hmm. in that moment. And that's, in my opinion, that that's the romance, romance aspect of it. The cohesion of those two energies creates an alchemical, alchemical, what's the word? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> alchemical. <laughs> alchemical. Alkaline? That, that alkaline, right? Alchemical. I think alchemical is right. Yeah. Okay. And if not, we just <laughs> made it here. So if Shakespeare can do it, we can. <laughs> when that Where's like reaction happens, it creates a new, new energy mm. that you're different when you're around that person because the energy that's combining with yours heightens it or makes it different. Like there's certain friends or whatever that you are able to act in in a different part of yourself that you're not free to express with certain other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of uh, romance as being able to like have that special fusion, mm -hmm. the alchemy of like two souls that creates this like beautiful reaction. Well, I guess we can see if this episode of Star Trek helps us also understand what a good romance is. <laughs> yeah. Cupid, this premiered, April 22nd, 1991. This is the 20th episode produced for the fourth season. So happy 420, everyone. Yay. Yay. Um, this we will have a brief intermission. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate the holiday. Um, this is also our fifth Q episode. So we are starting the back half of his appearances on Next Gen. Um. And yeah, so now that we're in the T and she glory years, um, the show is much more comfortable with itself. It'd be interesting to see how that translates to Q's appearances um, on the show. Um, so that'll be definitely one big thing we look at. And the other one being, of course, um, just this is another attempt at romance from Star Trek. So we just had an iffy track record. So we can see how successful they are this go around. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, for those of you at home who are going to uh, watch along, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 4, Episode 20, 
and we will be back after we watch Cupid. One step closer, I'll scream. Flash, damn it, it's me! Jean-Luc! Am I glad to see you? You wouldn't believe what I've been going through. One minute I'm on the Enterprise, the next thing I know I'm here in Nottingham. First they're gonna chop my head off, now I'm supposed to marry someone named Sir Guy, and everyone insists on calling me Marion. Yes, I know. You do, but how? You're Robin Hood. My staff and I were brought here by an old adversary of mine named Q. And I'll tell you the rest of that when we're safe. Come on, we don't have much time. And the others are outside? They're waiting for us back at Sherwood Forest. You mean you came here alone? That's right. Now, come what on. What kind of plan is that? It's an excellent one. If you just hurry up. Do you realize our lives are at stake here? Only too well. And this is the best strategy you could come up with? One man against an entire castle? You have a better one? How about this? You go. I'll stay here. And do what? Marry Sir Guy if I have to. Well, that's brilliant. If there's a way to escape, I'll find it, eventually. With my head still attached. You really believe I would leave you here? I can take care of myself. You are the most stubborn woman I ever knew. Hey! There'll be no escape for you this time, Robin Hood. You stay behind me. You should have left while you had the chance. Well done, my dear. Consider it my wedding gift to you, darling. All right, we just got back from watching Cupid. Um, in case you didn't watch this one with us or haven't seen it, in this one, Picard is gonna give an archeological speech to the Federation Archeological Council. Um, but then he is uh, paid a surprise visit from Vosh, his little romantic interest from Captain's Holiday. and. Uh, but then they end up having weird relationship problems. Picard like has never told anyone about her. And she's kind of like, you've never told anyone about me. And he's very much just a kind of cold fish <laughs> the whole time she's there. And, and then Q shows up um, and wants to pay him back for helping him out in the last episode. And then he sees that Picard is having relationship problems and decides he's going to help solve Picard's problems by creating a Robin Hood scenario in which he, him and the crew of the Enterprise have to rescue Vosh so he can learn the lesson of loving someone. <laughs> uh, and then Vosh, uh, at the end of everything, Vosh pieces out with Q to go explore the universe. <laughs> Wild, wacky stuff. Which was the real friends we made along the way. <laughs> Um, we always start with initial thoughts. Um, Mindy, as a surprise guest, what are your thoughts coming in on Cupid? It's a wild ride. <laughs> so many love triangles. It's like, is this romantic <laughs> episode about Vosh and Picard? Or is it really about Picard and Q? Because <laughs> mm -hmm, I'm pretty mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. Q is obsessively in love with Picard. He totally is. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's hints. He never like, he never says it, but you can kind of see it. 
shows up in, not in bed with him, but shows up in his bedroom late at night. Yeah. Peeking in on him, I having just conversations with Vosh. And like wants to be there when he's kissing Vosh. Or his, involved, involved in like. Let me just sit here in the corner and watch you guys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he didn't have to come out of the ceiling like that, but he chose to. <laughs> he could have done whatever he wanted. <laughs> Also, to that line he has when he comes in, Jean-Luc, it's wonderful to see you again. How about a big hug? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Are you joking? Oh, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want the hug. Oh, he really wanted that hug. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably been there to some degree the entire time, but this is the episode where it's most apparent that, like, Q, whatever it is, has a fucking thing for Picard. Um, He is (laughs) to the point of obsession, it feels like. Like, why? This this scenario in particular, it's like, what the hell are you doing here, bro? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I owe you one. I owe you one or something. You're like me owing you one. It affects my everyday today. I can't. Can't stop thinking about it. Else, because I owe you my life. So it's like, so you're thinking about me every day. Every day. (laughs) Wow. This is this is Q as a human, right? Still, he hasn't got his like everything powers in the. No, he had. No, he's got it back. All right. And he's still just thinking about Picard all the time. Just obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's rife in the entire episode. Just he is into him. Imagine the smell. <laughs> um, you gotta wonder though. It's like uh, it, it, I was thinking about it as he's going off with Vosh, and then also thinking about him and Picard. It's like if you really think about it, though, it's like if you hooked up <laughs> with a god who could give you and do anything, just well, it can't be half bad, right? <laughs> what does he say? I would have, I would have presented myself as a female had I known. All right. Oh my gosh, that was another big hint. Huge tell. Had I known your weaknesses like this, I would have presented as a female. I thought you were into this the whole time. (laughs) Man, boy, did I have It's a fun episode. It's always fun when it goes outside of like the space theme. Yeah. And you go to Robin Hood land and it's fun. They're all in different costumes and it's quite (laughs) silly. It's silly good fun. Um, Jake, initial thoughts on you're coming at this from having been here for all the Q episodes. So, <laughs> initial thoughts on this one. Uh, badass. Um, <laughs> I I think I figured it out. Um, Star Trek often gets criticisms for its romance episodes, mm-hmm. but I think it's because the romance episodes with Picard are often comedies. Mm. Like and and they kind of have this line of, they're silly. This was a silly ass episode. Mm-hmm. I loved every second of it, but I think that's a uh, why people may have the opinion that Star Trek can't do mm-hmm. romance on its own. Mm-hmm. They had to. It was romance, but it had this whole shtick. It was almost, or maybe not even almost, like felt very farcical and oh, very like totally. thea- theatrical. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was it was all spectacle too. I, it was uh, fan service in the sense of like we're gonna give you the entire crew, but not in their uniforms. Mm-hmm, we're gonna mm-hmm. you know we're gonna give you this week's episode. You get to see all your favorite people, but if they were dressed like Robin Hood people, <laughs> <laughs> don't you love it? And and I love it. Casual Sunday. Men in tights. Men in tights. I think it was total, like. Uh, fun for mm-hmm. the sake of being fun and that's okay yeah, for, for not, sure not every episode needs to be this massive moral compass that you no, know no uh, some of the best ones are the most ridiculous yeah exactly i mean i do really love the very intense ones that have this diplomatic edge sure. to it and you know everything is very uh high stakes Mm-hmm. But this was ridiculous, and, and that's <laughs> wonderful. Also, um, Q's always had like the comedic elements, and they seem a little bit more pronounced as it goes on. But this one certainly mm-hmm. is the most silly, just f- outright comedy. Because Deja Q was also silly, 
but it was very much rooted in a very kind of interesting, like human pathos of Q just being so weak and miserable and helpless and then learning. And he's the one who learns a lesson in this one. This one though, doesn't really have that aspect. It just feels like here are Q shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, It's a romp. This, yeah, this is a full-on romp. We need an excuse to get these guys in a different place and mm. in different costumes. Mm-hmm. Q's a good vehicle for that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't Perfect. always have to be the holodeck. Can be yeah, the right, yeah. Boom. Yeah, usually this this kind of stuff is holodeck stuff, but in mm-hmm. this time it's like, no, but it's real, and I've literally made you all Robin Hood and everyone. <laughs> um, very silly indeed. Um, Aaron, initial thoughts on Cupid? Oh... <sighs> Casual Friday on the Enterprise. I love Beverly's sweater. <laughs> Sexy mom sweater. Yeah. It's so 90s. We were talking about that before. Like yeah, the padded walls and everything. Oh my God. The, the 90s aesthetic. <laughs> Everywhere. I love Vosh's pinstripe. What, do you, what would you even call that? It almost feels like an off, like a, like a secretary office dress. Yeah. So, from like, like the 1990s. The Just blazer. a little spacey is almost what it feels like. Ready for the archaeology conference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's got to be a gif out there somewhere of Worf saying, I am not a merry man. I'm going to send that to I protest. <laughs> I protest. I am not a merry man. <laughs> Best line in the show. That's I like think. basically me every morning. <laughs> I am not a merry man. <laughs> He says that without a trace of irony, and it's the stupidest line ever. He looks so ridiculous. He's genuinely saying, I am not a merry man. Amazing. Oh, my God. The bit that always gets me, too, is it's so random, but Jordy just plucking away on the mandolin because he's Alan Adele, and then Worf just gets up, grabs it, smashes it against the tree, and then just looks at him and says, Sorry. Walks off. Well, it wasn't about you. Fucking, but it was. Shoots data with an arrow. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that almost feels like a. That almost feels like a sequence you'd see like in a Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes, absolutely. You know, there just, were a few moments that were like. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> there was Your one almost direct reference to like Monty Python and the Holy Grail from Picard. wasn't Wasn't there? Mm. Early on in the episode, I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't remember. I was but, like, mm, was that a, was it a Holy Grail whatever? I think it was. I'm going to look it up. I'll come back to you next episode about <laughs> Um, Yeah, this one is always um, so silly. I loved this one as a kid. Like, it was just so fun just to, and I, and I, I even remember having like a Robin Hood board game, like, um, I love the the Disney Robin Hood cartoon. I loved Robin Hood, so and to see Star Trek do it, I thought was just so fun. And um, I so I, as a kid, for me, that was always the appeal is the Robin Hood stuff. Um, it's interesting as an adult growing older and paying more attention to like the relationship dynamic stuff. Like I didn't care about Picard and Vosh as a kid. You know, and I, I didn't even really pick up on any kind of love triangle stuff. It was just like Q's being a dick and Robin Hood stuff. And that's, yeah, um, that was just, and then now watching it, I was like, oh my God, all this relation stuff, Q, uh, Q just showing up and just interfering in Picard's love life because of reasons. It, it feels so, it feels so random and so petty and so obsessive. <laughs> it's all of those things. Watching it this time, I was also really struck because we've talked about on the show before how like there's um, there's kind of like loose Shakespeare connections with with Star Trek. It's very theat, especially this era, like in Next Generation. It's very theatrical, um, and all the actors are classically trained. Like most of them are all started on the stage, and eventually went into this. Certainly Patrick Stewart. Um, and then especially once they go into Robin Hood episode and the Robin Hood setting in this every it's felt so theatrical almost like like it almost feels like a star trek like it's on the surface level robin hood but it almost feels like beneath it what they're secretly doing is something like midsummer night's dream where it's just like magical love shenanigans it takes the form of robin hood 
but there's just like tricksters and gods and you know and there's a love triangle and um a couple of love triangles a couple of love triangles um, crusher crusher also yeah <laughs> um yeah, the interaction between crusher and vosh <laughs> awkward palpable palpable <laughs> they so played really well they were like both sizing each other up a little bit. Mm. Oh, I'm just here from. I normally take my morning tea with Picard. <laughs> <laughs> He's mentioned. never mentioned you. Oh, you never mentioned. Really? <laughs> Talk so much about you. Oh, it was so thick with discomfort. I loved it. Thick with discomfort. <laughs> um, that's actually a good place to start. Is because these always end up being some kind of they're Q episodes, but oftentimes they they're really about Captain Picard. You know, because it's usually some trial or test Q is put together for Picard specifically. Um, it's, you know, compared to, it's such an interesting, it's very specific choice. In the 60s show, Captain Kirk, if there was like a D&D like stat scale and one of them was like popularity with the ladies, it would be off the chart. Like Kirk is just the ultimate. People couldn't. They lost their mind around him. He was kissing girls left and right. Picard, on the flip side, is basically perfect in every other sense. But for whatever reason, women and relationships, he sh- he shuts down. Yeah. Like and children, <laughs> and kids, and kids. He can't handle. Such an interesting specific choice. I don't know. So, what do you guys think mm-hmm. about like? I don't know. And we haven't really got into this, but like Picard is such a, I don't know if it's just he's shy or like a failure, but like what, like what do you guys think about this quality of Picard where he's just so awkward with women and relationship dynamics? I think he has a hard time being vulnerable. Mm. He doesn't feel comfortable opening up and becoming vulnerable. He's used to being in charge and having the upper hand and making all the decisions. And when you're in a relationship, you have to, you know, be both. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it is that he he has a hard time letting go of that control mm. and being more open and vulnerable. Mm. You might kind of like just a deeper rooted thing. It's not necessary like women or relationships or kids. It's really yeah. this underlying vulnerability issue he has. He can't be I, anything less than perfect. I do think he's charming. He can definitely be charming when he For wants sure. to be. But then when it actually comes down to like being real relationship, that's where he kind of puts up those walls. Mm. Yeah, it's like the moment he actually likes somebody, that's when yeah. he gets nervous. Full stop. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do this. I'm a captain. I can't focus on anything else but being a great captain, mm-hmm. taking care of the people on this ship. Yeah, it's not because he's not sexy or doesn't have any kind of magnetism because he certainly does. Yeah, and you can tell like in that scene with in the tea scene, like both Doctor Crusher and Vosh are pretty into him. It's a competition. <laughs> That's a huge part of it. It's like oh, they've been having tea for a long time. Oh, Beverly's kind of <laughs> you know thinking about it maybe, you know. Both vying oh, for his heart. About it. She's all about it. <laughs> I agree very so much with the vulnerability. So there's a like head to head. Mm-hmm. But then they have to work together to discover the truth of what's been going on. Mm. So, so they become frenemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Picard's got issues, and that's what they kind of bond <laughs> over. He didn't tell you about me? No. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, he's a very closed off guy. That was fun. That whole plot line was really fun. Just to see Picard's reactions to it all. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're all like, "That's the girl that he was with on Rise Up." Oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Especially just... Riker, he had that look on his face, like when uh, Crusher was like, "This is uh, Vash, the girl that he met on Rise Up." She kind of had a look like on Rise Up. Oh, Rise Up! Here's the girl that he fucked. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're the one you. girl he's ever fucked, huh? Tell me how that was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, why he's so uncomfortable, because I think he knows that they know somewhat of mm, what happened on Ryza. Mm. And <laughs> he doesn't want anybody prying into his personal life. No. No, he really does not. Especially not his crew. 
Um, I think aside from the vulnerable part, which I definitely agree with, I think he also just does not care for it. Mm. Just dating, the the whole thing in general is just, I just think he just doesn't like it. Mm. <laughs> That's not his thing. Do you think it's because like all his usual tactics don't work? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. With women in particular. He's, he, he can't he use has, his captain skills and he has scenarios. Yeah, he has no upper hand there at all. He has no way to succeed in any way that he knows how. So he's yeah. just, he, that leaves him feeling vulnerable. And so he has to get defensive. Interesting. Um, yeah, that is really, yeah, really interesting. If he doesn't genuinely have an interest or at least it's a muted interest in comparison to say other people. Um, and it, and it does make you wonder, it's like, cause you see him all the time reading the studying archeology. span He's not like, cause they say like the, the world, some of the Federation's greatest minds are here to listen to captain Picard. Like, it's not just that he's just a, has a passing interest. It's like, and, and, and in addition to being a captain, he is also like a, an, an amateur archeologist that some of the best minds of Federation actually respect. I mean, that's like, it does speak to like this guy just, and he can tell he seems so giddy and excited about all that stuff. So it is just interesting to consider. It's like how much of that is just because he loves other, this other stuff so much. And also to what degree does he also use it as like a shield against, right? Like what's yeah. the, what's the ratio there? Cause it seems like there's probably a bit of both going on there. Genuinely loves it. And also genuinely hides behind it. Mm. 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 Very interesting. Captain Picard, <laughs> what a guy. Um, we should also talk about, so this episode marks the return of Vosh, who we saw in Captain's Holiday, which you are here to talk about, Mindy. Um, and this is kind of a, kind of a sequel to, to that episode, you know, cause it certainly picks up, they, they reference them on Rise a whole bunch. Um, how do you think this works as like a follow-up to that episode? Um, and then also just like uh, Vosh as a character bringing her into this. I think it's a good follow-up episode because the cast got to meet her mm. and also they, you know, in the first episode that they come into, they kind of have a crush on each other over this adventure. And then, you know, they're fighting in the beginning but then they go on this adventure again where, mm -hmm. you know, they had that bond mm -hmm. and that passion is reignited. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So I, it's cute. It's cute. Mm. They're cute together. And there's almost like a, in both episodes. Yeah. There is a very much like an adventure quality, which is definitely, which is, from a certain point of view, definitely can be an aspect of certainly classical romance adventure. That's where they definitely seem to have their biggest connection. Him and Vosh is when they're like in an adventure together and then they're like, yeah. Mm. I think uh, there's less risk with Vosh because he knows that she'll never be like a Starfleet officer. She won't stick around. And yeah, he won't ever have to like commit to that because she's always on her own adventures. Mm. So it's not as scary as maybe opening up to somebody who is mm -hmm. that you might have to make that decision of commitment or not. Mm. I do like it as a follow-up episode, but I, I guess a, a critique would be, I don't know. I still question Vosh's motives. Always. Sure. I never know if her feelings are ever sincere in any of these episodes. So it it kind of makes me sad sometimes to see Picard fall for this person who essentially uses him in every mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. <laughs> to get to these other things they're trying to do, their own plan, their own motives. Right. And so that that kind of bugs me a little bit because I, I don't think we can have a full true love story when we're questioning the motives of one of our lead lovers. Mm. And so... Maybe that is the problem with Star Trek and, and these romances too. Is it feels one sided? Maybe because mm, mm. she, yeah, she. I think she has a definite interest in him. But I mean, when Q comes along, she's so quick to just, 
okay, see you, Picard. Now I'm going to go do this adventure with this guy. Mm. So here's where I disagree with you. I think it's so romantic because they can only love each other as much as they can mm-hmm. as individuals. Like she genuinely, really, she loves Picard. She mm. does. But she's still going to be her and, and go do her own thing. And her career is really important to her. Yeah. Just the same as Picard. He puts his career over anything else. So it's kind of like They're this, both the same in that way. It's not a forbidden romance, but it's like a, a passing ships in the night almost. Mm. Like mm. They have a genuine connection, but they, they just can't quite be together. And that in itself is incredibly romantic. Mm. I can see that. Mm. But she just only pops up in these stories to take advantage and use him. Mm. Right, she both times. Has her if, yeah, like if she was to show up with sincerity in one of these episodes, yes. But a big part of it, I, I, I do think she is honest when she says, "But a big reason is because of you." <laughs> <laughs> You're also a big reason why I'm here. And can you blame her? I mean, if like a god-like being was like, "Would you like a tour of the universe?" Like, let me just take you around. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Good. What do we think about, um, and we'll start with you, Jay. What do you think about like Q in this episode? And uh, <laughs> certainly with where we've been with him so far, how is this in a, as a continuation of like the, the Q arc that's slowly been unfolding? Um, this episode, uh, he has an right off the bat admiration for Picard. Mm. Often they're adversaries right from the get go. Mm. Um, their initial scenes are always conflict. I, um, I think at this point though, uh, going back to the romance part of it, John Delancey does love Picard, uh, maybe not as romantic or maybe romantic, but as a specimen at the very least, Mm -hmm. he's fascinated by him and, uh, but this episode is kind of odd in where Q shows up. Most of his other uh, episodes, he seems a little more motivated to be there. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of times he's just there to fuck with people. Right. But this one, um, it seems really out of left field. Uh, he, he just all of a sudden is there, and, and his reasoning is he wants to do something nice <laughs> for Picard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is funny. Mm-hmm. I think that's really funny. Um, so as to the evolution of Q... We're seeing him and Picard uh, create this relationship of like being brothers almost. Mm. They're, or we've we've said frenemies before. Mm-hmm. They are, they are most definitely frenemies. Mm. Um, because e- even though Picard says he doesn't have any respect for Q, I think on some level there is. I mean, it's hard to not have some sort of respect for an omnipotent being that right, has right. control of every scenario <laughs> around you. Yeah. It's like, to a degree, I got to respect at least the powers you have. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it, it creates a really endearing friendship between the two. It's starting to become uh, something I look forward to. Mm. Yeah, this is probably the most intimate their dynamic yeah. has ever been. I used to find Q's episodes kind of annoying because I'm like, he comes in and, and can do anything he wants and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like sometimes like Superman, you know, like I can just do whatever. Do Love whatever your shirt. Um, <laughs> Superman shirt. Thanks, shirt Lois. Worn by Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, he comes in and can do whatever. And I think Q, even though he always says, any one of you could have died at any moment, I do not think he would do that to Picard, especially when he's granting him like a, a favor or not a favor, but a like uh, something to nice. pay forward yeah. for saving his life. There's no way that he would let somebody actually die. And I think Picard may know that on some level. So he's able to have more fun with it, mm. even though he is hesitant to accept that. But once he's in it, he's like, mm-hmm. like you said, he's having a blast. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Um, there, the one, there is one thing that I do miss in Q in this one, um, and I know this is also something that like John Delancey has talked about. Um, in the earlier Q episodes, there was a bit more of an edge to him, 
like especially like in the first three encounter farpoint hiding q and q who particularly he feels very ominous and like the stakes feel like they could go really high actually in all three of those episodes the stakes are incredibly high yeah. and this almost feels like the stakes have are the lowest at least as far as q is concerned yeah humanity is not on the line no it's just picard learning a lesson about love um, so the stakes <laughs> feel a little lower in this one. And like you said, many, it doesn't seem like he's at any point going to actually let any of them die. Like it doesn't, doesn't really feel like any of their lives are ever in jeopardy at any point. Um, but there is some part of me, it is interesting to see the growing intimate relationship with them. And maybe that's just like inevitable, but there is some part of me that misses the, the threatening mm-hmm. scary part of Q. Cause beforehand there was like, he he would he there was a comedic element to him, but then it was like, but this guy's fucking scary, and who knows what's gonna happen with him. Here it feels a bit more, almost played for, completely for laughs. Um, there there is some kind of I don't know still antagonism with him certainly, um, and John, but John Delancey's talked about it too. It's like he really wanted because the last one was more lighthearted, and he wanted in this one to kind of bring back some of the the more threatening nature of Q, but it never kind of really materialized. So, um, but then the episode is so fun. I always have such a blast watching this one. So I'm like, I don't miss it too much, but just because (laughs) it's so, it's so silly and fun. And I always love when Star Trek does silly and fun. Well, yeah, they nail it. Like if it, if it wasn't a good episode, that'd be one thing, but this episode's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's a really, really fun episode. There are definitely those out there in the fandom who don't like this one. They think it's just too gimmicky. Um, I'm like, yes, but I think they've, I think we talked about this with Mark. You can do a gimmick if you pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this case, I'm like, yeah, I think they do a great job with this. It's so fun seeing them all. all Star Trek it. is a gimmick just in itself. They're, they're on a spaceship. <laughs> right. <laughs> on a carpeted like, spaceship. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you can with that. kids and schools on board. <laughs> you don't always have to take everything so seriously. Yeah. We're so on a magic school bus. They can bus. have fun with themselves. Right. Right. It, it's almost fabric. like magic school bus for grownups is what Star Trek yeah. is. <laughs> you know, the, the, it's... <laughs> inherently silly mm-hmm. um so you have to lean into it to some degree um we have to talk briefly about of course the the, the robin hood aspect of it all yeah they probably had those costumes yeah. somewhere at the paramount lot paramount i'm sure lot, yeah but i think they all looked really good in them mm-hmm. they, and uh the commitment that's what makes it work is everyone is so damn committed to what because it, it is silly and it is ridiculous, but so. Right. Awesome. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we're talking earlier a bit about the cast and, how they, you know, they're just so comfortable and mm-hmm. you can tell they're having fun with each other. And that certainly comes across super strong in this one. You can tell, especially once they're in Sherwood, all wearing the costumes that they're all just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my job <laughs> play robin hood for a week um you can tell they're having a blast that's probably yeah if you're tr- if the, if you were trying to judge this as a serious episode it's like well then if it feels random and weird but if you're just trying to like have a fun good time with star trek it's hard for me not to recommend this one it's like i think yeah. anyone would have fun watching this it's just it's just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to change your life, but you know, it might change your day. Mm. Make that a little brighter, <laughs> huh? Does this episode make a good romance? Yes, I think it does because every romance is different, mm. and good romance is different for every person, and it looks different. So, their romance, yeah, it's a good, it's a good. Good one. Good one. No, no. No. Sucks. <laughs> Bad romance. Bad romance. Rah, rah, Bad romance. Rah, rah. <laughs> no, I, I kid. Uh, good romance. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the only other one we said was a good one was Captain's Holiday. And that yeah. was a good mm-hmm. one, too. So whatever yeah. Vosh is doing, it's... The, that's I think what that makes... one's a bit better on the romance scale. Captain's Holiday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But this one's good too. Foster's just taking romance to 11. Yeah, that's what she's doing. That's her life. What makes a good romance? Vosh. Vosh is like, Vosh. Just spend some time with her. It will be romantic. Be with someone who you're not really sure likes you or not. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. But it's fun. And she kisses you a lot. It's fun. (laughs) Shit happens. You'll remember it. Mindy, any final thoughts on Cupid? Stupid Cupid, stop picking on Picard. (laughs) (laughs) Missed opportunity. (laughs) Missed opportunity. One star. One star. (laughs) Oh, Jake, any final thoughts on Cupid? Um, I think this episode is an episode more for super fans. Mm. people that know and love the characters it's fun to see them in this scenario Mm. but nonetheless Mm. very fun episode go check it out for some laughs awesome Aaron any final thoughts on Cupid I am not a merry man (laughs) not a merry man okay is this the best Q episode no 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 No. the last one we chose still top Deja Q still on top yeah the one before this yeah before this I agree. I do like that one better. Well, all right. Um, well, thanks for coming on and talking about Cupid, everyone. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have you both on again. Um, I always love having you guys over so much. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, next time we are going to be watching the second episode in our little romantic twofer. We are going to be watching the host. Um, this is going to be another Dr. Crusher episode. Um, we've had one of those before, but this is going to be a very different episode to the last one we watched. Um, this is one of those like sticky, messy Star Trek episodes that tries to take a like a look at something. Um, in this case, stuff like identity and relationships. So this will be a more serious, <laughs> sticky, mess, <laughs> sticky, messy, romantic episode. So that should be interesting to check out. And we will be having a new friend on to talk about that one with us as well. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Mindy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. We'll have you back very soon. Very fun. Jake, as always, thank you so much for having uh, being on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Jaron. Thank you, Aaron. Jake and Mindy, thank you so much. Yeah. Love you, too. Love you, man. Love you. I love all you guys. I love you guys. Are you sure we all don't have this? But not romantically. (laughs) Well, one of you. (laughs) Except for the one of you, and you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you so much, everyone. We will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com, or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.